Hi, lovely people. Welcome to Dog Wizardry, a charming dog trainer having noteworthy conversations with thought leaders in an assortment of fields. Voted most original podcast on the internet. Here is Dog Wizardry. Get ready for an amazing podcast with bad audio. If you love dog weight pulling as much as I do, then you're going to have to tolerate the bad audio. I don't know what to say. This was pre-recorded before we had everything figured out. The guest today is Debbie Lee. By the way, I am the dog wizard from dogwizardry.com. Um, Debbie Lee from the IWPA, International Weight Pulling Association. If you don't know what dog weight pulling is, you should. Um, there's so many amazing dog sports out there. I'm not going to tell you which one your dog should try, but my personal favorite one is dog weight pulling. Um, this is a pre-recorded interview, like I said, terrible audio, but she is a big shot. I mean, she's even a judge at IWPA trials. So, um, yeah, this is one of my favorite guests of all time. It's going to jump right into the middle where I was asking her, how do you respond to people's perceptions that this is cruel and inhumane to make a dog pull weight? There's no way this is cruel. I'm a judge. I've been a judge for a long time, and I will not tolerate any cruelty at all. You won't like, have been a, just so you know, we don't have perfect reception. You said you won't tolerate any what? I won't tolerate any cruelty. I'm a judge. Cruelty, okay. I have enough okay. to kick people. Yeah, no, there's no way. We don't tolerate that right. at all. Even if I think a dog's underweight or for whatever reason should not be pulling. Yeah, I'll go stop the pull right then and I'll say, you know, and I'll tell them why. Um, but no, there's no way that we that, um, put up with anything like that. But if you came, anybody came out and saw what we did and what a great group we have and how almost all these people are vet techs or rescues or breach-specific people or people that have an interest in staying in shape themselves or maybe used to stay in shape. And so, you know, they're, they're, they're working and they're channeling to the dogs. And, and the dogs love this. They love it so much um, that I have a 15-passenger van. It's called the Dog Taxi. Before an event, if I turn that key or I pick up a chain or a harness, my dogs will not eat their supper that night because they're afraid they're going to miss the, 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 the short bus. You know, they want to go. They want to see. They want to do. They're just like kids. They're just like kids. And every one of them is different. So you have to learn how to work with them. And you have to learn what pushes their buttons in a positive way. So. Now, that, now, now, now hold, now, hold, hold on a second. Let, let's just, let's just. Go back for a second. What you just said was really, really, really important. And you talk you talk kind of fast. So I want to make sure that the people understand this. The way that you and I look at dogs is totally different than the way most people, your average pet owner, looks at dogs. And um, and if I say anything you disagree with, please, right. you know, let me know. Let me. So I'm my, still so there? My, yeah. Okay. Can you hear me? So what you touched on is that different dogs have different drives and they do. Right. And, and, and I, I would say I would correct me if I'm wrong. I would say your average pet owner, you know, that, you know, shops at, I'm not going to say the story, but like just your average regular pet owner doesn't even 
is not in tune enough with their dog to even understand its different drives. And they're also not like, they, like they may have five dogs in their life and they're like, Oh, they all like the same treat. Like they don't even think about like denominations of treats or like that their dog may love tug of war more than a treat or, um, exactly. Right. And it's just like, wait for I mean, there's different tracks. And some dogs do better on particular tracks. There's carpet, there's wheels, there's wheels on dirt, wheels on natural, there's snow. And then you have the rail system. And some dogs excel better at different ones. And actually, you know, trial and error, you just have to pick and find out which ones that your dog works better at. Um, it's, it's all up to them. It's like having a child in softball and following them. I know that may sound silly, but for us dog people that are so in tune with our dogs, it makes perfect sense to us. Um, and you are, go ahead. No, please finish your thought. Then I'll say it. Oh, it's just, it's just that you're right about the different breeds. Um, I started with masters and St. Bernard's. Um, over the years, I went through a lot of phases where I was so interested in promoting, um, any breed of dog. All dogs were good. Um, and, and my favorite is still Masters and St. Bernard's because I'm so in tune with them. Now I'm calling uh, a giant Malamute. And people always told me, well, they're strong-willed, they're stubborn, uh, they'll give you a furry finger, um, you know, at any time, you know, they're, they're not going to do anything. They're just going to say, you know, you're not, you're not telling me what to do. And, of course, that's with any dogs, but still Malamute, they say they're stubborn. I've yet to see that yet. Um, I think if you train positive, positive reinforcement, and you got to make it fun. My gosh, I, I play with my dogs a lot, and I don't expect everybody to understand that, but I do. Um, but, it, but it helps me on the way to on track because when I set them up, they know my procedures. They know my step away. I apply obedience to it because when I step away with my left foot, they know they're supposed to come with me. When I step away with my right foot, they know they're supposed to stay. So you don't even have to say anything. If your dog is trained well enough, it's just up to them as to whether they really want to do it. And dogs are smart. They know when to stop. When they have reached their pinnacle of what they want to do for that day, that's when they'll stand there and bark at you. So cruelty is not something that I think you can even put with this because it's a teamwork thing. So I, I just want to say something about the cruelty thing. So... As far as the cruelty thing, obviously for for you and the people you know and for me, it's a non-issue because we're in tune with dogs. But I would say um, that most people that get that buy dogs or get dogs get them for selfish reasons, like oh, here's something that I'm that I could love or that can love me, and they're not thinking about the fulfillment of the dog. Most people, your average pet owner loves dogs, but people like me and you respect dogs to understand them enough to know what dog sport will fulfill them. So my point is that these people are so out of tune that their dog could be weight pulling and enjoying himself. And then, and then they're so out of tune that they're like, oh, let's get this weight pulling vest off. He, he looks like he's in pain. Well... I can agree with some of what you said there, but I can also agree with the fact that some people just don't have the same 
uh, desire that I would have. Um, some people come to the weight pools, and they don't care if the dog pulls one or two times and they're done. Some people only want their little X's and O's behind the title, and, and that's it. And, and then you have people like me that want to test the limits to see how far you can work as a team. So getting back to people not realizing what the dogs can do, some people don't have a desire to pursue this avenue. And so therefore I say um, it doesn't matter what you do with your dog. If you do fly ball, agility, obedience, um, confirmation, or weight pulling, your dog wants you to do something with them. They want to go. They want to see. They don't want to be left behind. They actually are just like having a child. And that is the whole reason why a lot of these dogs misbehave in the house. Because they got pent-up energy right. that's not being released. Right. Um, and that's what I really like about the group that we have. Because so many of our people are versed in a lot of different... I happen to be just in wake on. It's just my choice. Um, so... But I did get two Jack Russells before. And as much as I love Wakeland, and they did they did well Wakeland, but you know what? When I came home and I come up from the house, I mean from the barn and into the house, I didn't really want to ask them to do anything. They made me feel good just sitting on my lap and, and, and that and they so they fulfilled what I needed there. So I'm not gonna get on anybody for not wanting to wait on the dog or not wanting to pursue a different um Avenue, but you would be surprised um, what some of these dogs can do. We just went to Grand Rapids, Michigan for the championships, and I had and I had a friend there that had an eight pound poodle named Chewbacca, and that dog broke um, a wheel record and a snow record. An eight pound poodle pulled ninety pounds on snow, and if you wait long enough, you only give it sixty seconds. If you wait what fifteen to twenty seconds, those runners will freeze to the track, and you can't move it anymore. That little poodle pulled 90 pounds. That little poodle pulled almost 400 pounds on the wheel track outside. That dog had pulled almost 500 pounds um, at one of our local weight pools, but you can only set a record at the championships, and so that didn't hold any weight until, unless he did it at the championships. When we got to Grand Rapids, Michigan, People surrounded our van because they were so excited about seeing this little dog that had done so much all year long. So people think that Poodle can hold weight. When you look at percentage and forget about how much the dog weighs, that dog did a whole lot more than a 150-pound dog. And, and that's pretty impressive to me. And it's impressive that she broke the mold of people thinking that Poodles can't do anything. Okay? Uh-huh. Um, it, just, it just shows the bond between owner and dog. Uh huh. Yeah, it really does. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I wanted to ask you, because a lot of people out there, they've never heard of a rail system in their life. They've probably never heard of dog weight pulling in their life. So could you just briefly talk about the rail system and just make it simple, you know, where it's also like when you say like the dog pulls 500 pounds on wheels, like what does that mean versus like if they were to drag... 500 pounds, not on wheels. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, that's that way. Let me start again. The International Weight Pull Association started in 1984, and it, it branched off from the Iditarod, and it was a way to keep the dogs in shape in the off-season, and it turned into a competition. 
and it gradually, over the years, spread across the United States um, until it reached, I'm in Region 7, I'm in North Carolina. North Carolina, go, Region 7 goes from North Carolina over to Tennessee, down to Georgia, and over to Florida. 20, 20, 30, 25 years ago, I can't remember, um, I had the first dog in the whole area. That's, that's how long ago that it wasn't even here. Um, the good thing is, and i got to say this, there are a lot of people that want to give a bad rep to pit bulls and bulldogs. They have heart of gold. Um, you know, it's just, any breed of dog can be bad. It's the training. It's the bloodlines. It's what you let them get away with. Give them something to do. Give them a job. Give them a title. You would not believe how strong a pit bull and a bulldog is over a lot of other dogs. They more or less pull more on rails than International Weight Pull Association because rails is like a railroad track. It's no resistance. It has carpet in between the runners, and dog is nothing for an, a 60-pound dog or an 80-pound dog to pull six to 8,000 pounds. But I got to say this because I'm, you know, I've been this in this a long time. I don't mind any different organization. I have pulled on rails before. Bring that dog to my wheel track and let's see what that dog can do. Yes, a, a no-resistance track puts up high numbers, and that's a good thing. That's, yeah, that's fine. It certainly isn't hurting the dog any. Um, it's, it's, they're not digging in any ruts or, or gravel or slipping and sliding on the carpet, um, you know, out on, on the wheel track. Um, but you bring that dog to our, 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 um, our tracks, and let's see how well that dog would do. That's, that's something I've always wanted to say. Let me ask you this: If the, if you let's just say your average pet owner um, wants to just doesn't want to compete with their dog, maybe doesn't even necessarily want to meet up with with a group of people that do it. Let's just say they're solitary and in the suburbs, and they just want to have their dog drag a little bit extra weight. So, like a forty five minute walk will tire the dog out. Like it was an hour and. 20 minute walk or something like that. You know what I mean? And is, is, right. would they, in that case scenario, how would you, re this is like a two part question. What, what, what way would you recommend that they go about that? And would they have to have a weight pulling harness? Is there any possibility you could just drag like heavy ropes or something like that on? Well, yeah, they need to have a harness. That has a spread bar in the back. Has and so the way it's distributed bar, okay. right. Yeah. Um, I have a question about the so spread bar. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. I have a question about the spreader uh, go bar. Go ahead, go ahead then. Well, I have a question about the spreader bar. And this is, I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I know this is jumping ahead because, again, a lot of the people in the audience don't even know what a spreader bar is. And you'll explain what it is right after the question, but. How far should the spreader bar be from the back of the dog? Is I've heard experts say that the spreader bar should be very close to its back legs. And then I've seen people that have it really far. And I feel like I know it, I know having a really far is a bad idea, but I feel like when it's really close, it gets awkward for the dog. Like they can't like spread their legs as much as they want to. Well, you're messing with me on the rules here. I may have to look this up, but I'm thinking, and I could be wrong. I'm thinking the point of hookup, have to be no further than two feet away from the dog. So the spur bar can vary in between there. 
Um, you would change that according to what other, what other problems you're having with your dog. If you have a dog that steps out of his harness or steps out of a spur bar, um, maybe needs a belly strap. I mean, we've seen all kinds of deep flips on the track because they just get spastic and tell you, and, and some dogs are just high energy. They just do these things. Um, until they really learn the proper way, sometimes they do some crazy moves and, and so you adjust the harness to try to break them out of bad habits so you don't have that. That's one of the reasons why they'll bring the spur bar up closer to the hocks or the hind end. Um, but I don't, I don't like my spur bar close to my dog. I actually had it padded with, um, the soft padding from Lowe's, um, or I don't know if you say a, a place like that, but anyway, I don't like it hitting the hocks at all when they are just walking. So I'll just pick up the back of the harness and, and, and insert it into the top of the, the back part when they're walking so it doesn't, doesn't bang them, but these just things you need to think about because you need to make it as comfortable and as fun as you can and not something they're going to dislike. Um, you had said something about people wanting to work energy off of their dogs. Yes. Um, personally, if you're not interested in wakeboarding, my gosh, go out there and throw a ball. Throw a frisbee. Um, jog with your dog. Do something like that. It doesn't have to be wakeboarding. But if you want a wakeboard, um, I would say friend mid-Atlantic wakeboarders, and I'll be glad to direct you on how to get started because, um, there's uh, a printout there from Mark Landers, which is somebody I hold high standards to, and he and he has and he says how to train an older dog and how to start training a younger dog, all in a very positive light, and that's how I started, um, and I still think it's the best way to go. Once dogs get to a certain point, if you have an interest in weight form, then you would go to dead weight, which is drag sleds, um, or longer chains to make them get a better form and build up the back line better and hooking window weights to it. It all sounds drastic, but my gosh, if you saw what a dog could do, they think nothing of it. You can take the rope from a 300-pound cart and you can move it with your finger, okay? So really, it's the concept of teaching the dog, once you put a harness on them, that they have to lean forward and pull what's behind them. But yet when you have them, at least they're not pulling you. They learn this stuff. They're not dummies. They know when you step away with your left foot, if you taught them to come with you, or if you step away with your right foot to stay. It doesn't take no time for them to learn these things. It's just a matter of what you want. It's a matter of what you want. Personally, I think in order to train a dog, the best thing to do is get the owner to go to a BD's training class. That was the best thing ever for me before I ever knew anything about weight I, I did it one time, and I've never... I've never um, regretted it. This is what happened to my top dog that I took to a beach as first dog I ever did. I lived in the country. I didn't believe in fences, okay, which is stupid these days. But I lived on 400 acres. I looked up, and my dog was across the road. He was flying like a bullet heading towards me, and he was going to intercept with this car, and he didn't know it. And because I had him at obedience class and he got top obedience out of 40 dogs, it was just luck, I went down one knee and slammed my hand down to the ground and yelled down. And he was probably 600 yards away and he went down and stopped and that car went by. And I have never forgotten that obedience saved his life. And I know that sounds extreme, but it meant a lot to me. That dog meant the world to me. 
And, and, and all adults I had mean the world to me. And But I have senses now because more of the senses that keep all the stuff out than stuff in <laughs> these days. Um, but anyway, if people are have an interest, tell them to friend it like that way, callers, and I'll be glad to answer their questions. Um, but if anybody is um, thinking that this is cruel in any way, my gosh, I would say go to Waipu and see for yourself because I've actually, many years ago, had Peter show up at one of my weight pools. It was pretty obvious who they were, but we treated them respectfully. We went on with our weight pool, and when the pool was over with, they came to me and they said, you know what, I'm from blah, 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 and I just got to tell you that I didn't see anything wrong with what you were doing. And I couldn't have been any more fun because I thought they were, they just had one opinion and that was it. But that's what they told me, and that really made me feel good because we have a great group and we care about our pets and, you know, we we wouldn't do anything to hurt our pets. There's, there's, there's no purpose. It all has to be positive, and they have to want to do it. Well, PETA people love animals, so, you know, they could see on the, the look on the dog's face that the dog is not being tortured. But I just want to go back to your story, which does not sound extreme at all. And as a matter of fact, I'd like to use it as an opportunity to spotlight the fact that most people don't uh, train their dog at different distances. And that's a real, real, real issue. And people don't understand that basic obedience can save a dog's life because they only teach their dog basic commands. And it's not until people go to obedience class that they realize the importance of release commands. And I would say there's almost very few regular dog owners, like not people like you again. Most people don't even know what a release command is. So they really have right. no control over a dog. That's all. That's right. That's right. And I, and I think it's so important, first and foremost, for people to learn first before you try and teach your dog. Because if you don't know what you're doing, you could be teaching wrong. You know? And right. and I can say it saved my dog's life and all. And so I was thankful. That's probably, that's been 35 years ago. And I've never forgotten it. I've never forgotten it. Um, but when you're at that weight point, and I'm one of those extreme people that try to see how much I can do, um, the bond that you have with your pet means everything. You're not going to get there if you don't spend the time and your dog's not happy and they, you know them to do and they got to want to do it. And, and nine times out of ten, they do. They do. We, me and you, uh, during this conversation, talked about spreader bars, but uh, we never find it for people that may not know. Could you just say what a spreader bar is and it's what it looks like and its function? Well, you have a harness on the dog, and it's not like there's different kinds of harnesses. Um, there's gig racing harnesses, and then there's weight cone harnesses. And if you actually looked them up, you would see that they're crisscrossed and shaped differently. The weight on harness uh, crisscrosses the X across the back. Um, you may or may not have padding around the neck, and then you have like the runners going beside the beside the body, and then back to a point. But then you have like a spreader bar that's a little bit wider than the width of their body, and it's about the size of a broom hand. and it just holds the harness from from confining them and pushing on their legs. 
and it just distributes the weight better. And then you have like a D ring at the end, and that's what the hook of the cart is hooked to. Um, so that's what a spider bar is. It just kind of um, distributes the weight better, and and doesn't make it so it's a problem to the dog trying to pull. Which is totally different than than gig racing. Totally different than what? Then gig racing. Gig G I G. Yeah, like, like sled dogs. Gig, yeah, G I G. And they. It's like um, uh -huh. it's like sled dogs. They they totally have a a a, a unit of hookup where they're all on the same line, so they have to have a different form of harness and hookup, and they don't need the spur bar. Got it. What do you, what do you think about like, in order to make uh, weight pulling even more popular with regular dog owners? Do you think we can make them kind of like WWE wrestler personalities? Like, give them. <laughs> well, I, I think you've already kind of got that. And, and for years, I used to draw the newsletter covers for our International Ripple Association, and we would do a feature dog. And we would do this, we do a story, and we tell where the dog came from, and his accomplishments, and his owner, and where he lived. And, um, you know, so, so you kind of have that because now we have Facebook. So now, if anybody Google dog weight pulling, they're going to see all these different dog groups, breed specific. It may be Swiss Mountain Dogs, it may be St. Bernard's, it may be, it may be UKC or APA, which is American Pulling Alliance, uh, or it may be International Weekly Association. You got to go with what you, what's going to work for you. Um, anyway. Um, you guys are just like one. I like I'm sorry, no, please finish your thought. No, I'm 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 good. I just uh just trying to answer your questions. Um yeah, I mean I I just wanna I I, I just see how much it benefits dogs and, and how much it benefits the the relationship between dog owner and I mean, you know, between handler and dog and I just I, I what what I would really love more than anything personally is to have a um, a facility that's kind of like a doggy daycare, but also has weight pulling in the facility. And I want to ask you: Do you? think... Yeah, go ahead. Well, um, I you, you touched on something about. I firmly believe that this keeps you in shape. Most of the people you're going to meet, like I said, are vet techs or rescue people, breed specific or. You know, used to be in good, great shape yourself, or maybe still are. But we all felt better when we were at our best weight, when we were in our best shape. Um, dogs are the same way, and if you can keep them in good shape and at the best weight, you're going to get more years out of them. You're going to have less um, body problems all the way around. Um, you stop to think about how you get when you go to a nursing home and around you do nothing. Many years ago, people used to put dogs on chains and, and didn't pay any attention to them. And, and we don't even need to get too far into that because uh, that really just makes me hot. But <laughs> um, those dogs just aren't in great shape. Um, it's, it's hard on them. It's hard on people when they sit around and, and are not able to do nothing or interact or stay in shape. We all will go down. And I firmly believe weight porn um, strengthens the whole core. It keeps us in shape. And quite frankly, um, it's like going to the by yourself because if you think the dogs are the only one working, you're wrong. I can't tell you how many times I have to walk a pasture. Um, 
You know, these neighbors' dogs that are barking next door, they used to irritate the mess out of me. But I have learned to use them to my advantage. And uh, for cross-training. Because now I take gravy milk bones over there, and everybody knows if they're good, they get a gravy milk bone. Um, when my dogs are behaving well, they are off lead in the pasture, and I have donkeys. Everybody knows donkeys are guard dogs. Or guard dogs. Guard animals. And that pummels, that pummel a dog, okay? But if you, if you, if you're there and you're and you're having everything under control, I have a particular donkey named Action Jackson, mm. and he did not get that name for nothing. Well, he likes his gravy milk buns too, so he circles the wagon while we're out there training. And so then my dogs are off lead, but they used to be concerned. But everybody has learned that oh, here he comes. If I'm good, if I behave well, I get a milk bun too. Well, mm-hmm. they're sitting off lead, and they're like um, one foot away from me. And this donkey stretches as far as a look over top of their head, just take the milk bone. I think sometimes people need to stop making problems and, and, and figure out what can benefit them. You know, it takes a little while to get from point A to point B. Right. But, you know, the neighbor's dog used to irritate me. I, I use them as a train device now. Um, you know, the donkeys is a good thing, too. Maybe that's getting off beat a little bit, but. You know, everybody has that own set of set of problems. Um, I used to put on these weight pools at fairgrounds, and it would be nothing to have a helicopter landing or a fire truck coming by. Whoosh, maybe got away from somebody pulling a silky. Um, and these dogs are supposed to concentrate on what they're doing on the weight pool track. You have no idea what's going to happen at a fair. Um, so it's like you can train the best you can train, and something's going to come up different that you didn't prepare for. Um, and that, that's just life. Uh, but anyway, we all have fun. We have a great group of people. And I and I can speak for a lot of people across the whole United States. I have a lot of friends in many, many states. And I truly love going to the championships and seeing my old friends again um, and hanging out with them. Um, my daughter used to play softball, and I did all that for years and years and years, and she's gone now. So now I'm back to all I have is the dogs, but that's good enough for me. And I know that there are a lot of people out there like me that really don't want to get around people a whole lot. They can tolerate them, but they really like their animals. Yeah. Hey, come join us. Come try us. Come check us out. Or go just do something with your dog. I don't care if it's not weak. Come do something. Right. Train yourself first. That's a good thing. Remember that. Right. Exactly. And never. And it's not always the dog's fault. Sometimes it's things we're doing. You can't blame the dog for everything. You need to stop and look about what you're doing. What you what you be doing wrong and and fix that and then come come back and try again. So thank you for joining us. I apologize if that ended abruptly, but it was a lot of information. Um, this was pre-recorded and poor quality because this was recorded a long time ago when I didn't have the proper setup. But we will be having her on again, or hopefully somebody from the International Weight Pulling Association and or dog trainers that do weight pulling because it's one of my favorite things. Hi, lovely people. Thank you for listening to Dog Wizardry, voted most original podcast on the internet. Contact us and be part of the next conversation. Te amo.
Um, and it's not being mean, it's just they know my body language. So, um, you know, and, and all that works on people's track, and that comes from spending a lot of time with yourself. And you can't tell me a whole lot of people out there don't do that. I know some people are out there. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I know you have to wake up early. I'm not going to take up too much more of your time. I just have one wacky question, and then uh, I'll let you go. Um, do you okay. li- you live kind of like in a countryish area? Is that true? Yes, it is. Did you ever see an animal? I know this is going to sound weird, but I I need to I need to ask you. Have you ever seen like any kind of an animal in the woods that was like not? I don't want to say, like, Bigfoot, but something in that direction, like some mythical kind of animal. <laughs> no, I haven't, but I will tell you this. Um, I watch all that stuff. Uh, my dogs came from Washington State, um, and from what I hear, they are over there. And so, actually, one of my next dogs coming up is named Eddie <laughs> because of that. <laughs> yeah, and he's coming along good. He's really doing good, but that's why I picked his name because you know, my breeder and I will talk about these things, and other people may choose not to believe in this stuff, and so and that's the choice. But um, but they say that they're well, they say they're everywhere, but but they're more or less they say over in uh, Oregon and Washington more so than anywhere else. Who knows? I mean, I watch the Bigfoot thing, and they always say, "Well, they have blueberries and like marshmallows." And how do you know this stuff? You never see nothing. <laughs> so true. But anyway, it, I do like to watch it. Well, I'll but yes, you... my next dog coming along's name is Yeti. That, that is literally the best name I've ever heard for a dog. <laughs> he was a year and a half old. I took him to Grand Rapids, Michigan. First time he'd been more than a half hour away from the house. It was a 17 hour drive. And out of 79 dogs, he got second place in, in combined both day body percentage. I think that's pretty good for a year and a half old dog. So next year should be a good year for him. That is amazing. Um, so. Yeah, so anybody wants to check us out, look up International Waypool Association and just check out the website. You can look at pictures. Our pools that we put on are in Region 11. So the pictures are there under Region 11, and you can see what we do if yeah. you have an interest. International Waypool Association, hit me up in the chat room, and I'll go to a waypooling event with you. International Waypooling Association. So, Debbie, I appreciate, I really, really, I've wanted to talk to you for years now. I'm really, really fascinated (laughs) with what you guys do. Well, I love it. I've been doing it a long time. It's my way of exercising. It's my way of communicating with my pets. Um, And I I just, it's in my blood. I can honestly say it's in my blood. And there's other people that I know that's in their blood, too. And. So we're a kindred spirit. We have fun going to these weight pools. 